Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 298 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, you're going to be hearing from Shelby, an adult with type 1 diabetes who also has a child with type 1. Please take a moment with me now to remember the sponsors, Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. Now, of course, you can get a free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod sent directly to your door by going to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. You'll be able to find out more about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. And to hear more about Dancing for Diabetes, where do you go? Nope. Long-time listeners are thinking I know, but mm, try touchedbytype1.org. Touchedbytype1.org. And now we will play the music and begin the program. All right, I just got back from the dentist, so I'm going to keep this short. Nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. All right, my name is Shelby. I am a parent of a child with type 1 diabetes, and I also have type 1 diabetes myself, and I was diagnosed as an adult. So you were diagnosed when you were in your late 30s? I was 38, about to turn 39, yes. Okay, and how long ago was that? Um, 11 years. Can you do the math? Well, sure I can, but I don't, I don't want to show off. You're 49. You got it. See? <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. Um, so excellent. So, okay. So you're diagnosed 11 years ago. And I guess the first thing to dig into is what was your, what was the course of action? Like, how is it being diagnosed as an adult? What, what happened? All right. So I, um, I was actually trying to get pregnant with Caroline and, um, so was going through not a whole lot of fertility stuff, but still like really paying attention to the things you need to do to try and get pregnant. And um, every month I would not be pregnant, but I would notice these signs that I saw on like um, fertility groups online, like, oh, super thirsty, um, peeing a lot and so tired those are all signs of being newly pregnant, apparently. So I got really excited every time I was really thirsty or peeing a lot or super tired. And it never ended up that I was pregnant and I just never thought anything about it. So, um, Shelby, can I ask you a question? Yes. When you were super excited at the signs that you thought you were pregnant, honestly, was it because you didn't have to try to get pregnant anymore? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, you know. <laughs> Not that much fun. <laughs> okay, that's what I was uh, thinking. Oh my god, <laughs> this part's over. Excellent. <laughs> I'm done for a while. I hope the men listening are really taking this to heart <laughs> because you really are just the person who brings home the food and makes all the babies look the same. So um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so you're online. You're looking at the forums. You're you're feeling like it might be that, but how long before, I mean, month after month, you're not pregnant, do you start thinking, I wonder what else this is? Yeah, so it was um, it was July. Well, I, had, had, I was teaching summer school, so I was working 8 to 12. I was coming home completely wiped out, taking like three-hour naps in, in the afternoon. And I remember saying to my husband, why am I so tired? He said, well, you're working. I said, I'm only working a half a day, four days a week. Like that shouldn't make me this tired. But I kept on, you know, not thinking anything about it, was going to bed with two full glasses of water every single night and drinking them both in the middle of the night. And finally, it was about mid-August. I'm like, this is not right. There's something wrong. So I Googled, you know, thirst, um, frequent urination, tired, and diabetes popped up. And I'm like, well, That's it can't be that. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it can't be that. It's got to be something different. So sure. I remember 
it was a Saturday. Um, my primary, my primary care doctor had office hours Saturday, eight to noon. So I said, Hey, let's go to the doctor. I think something's going on. It could be diabetes, but it's probably not. I just want to go get checked out. Mm-hmm. So we go to the doctor and, um, I happened to know the nurse. She, she was a friend of mine and she was like, Oh, you've lost so much weight. I walked in. I hadn't thought anything about losing weight. She said, Oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. I said, Oh, I have. She goes, yeah, you look good. She said, what, what's the problem? I said, well, I'm really thirsty. I'm peeing all the time and I'm tired. She goes, Oh, you know what it is? I, I bet it's like honeymoon cystitis. I bet you just have a urinary tract infection and, you know, we'll get you straight. So let's pee in this cup and, um, and see, you know, and see what it is. So I'm thinking, great, that's easy. That's an easy fix. And, um, did the urine sample and she comes in the room. She goes, um, your glucose is very high. We're going to need to check you with a finger stick. And I'm like, okay, no clue what any of this even really yeah, meant. So you're still not connecting that to what you read online? No, okay. no. And she's like, did a finger stick. And it was 300 and I don't know, 65, something around there. And she said, um, you have diabetes. And I said, you know, I, I, immediately I'm just sobbing in, in the office. Of just, I'm thinking what in the world? I don't know anything about it. And, um, And the first thing I said was, does this mean I can't try and get pregnant? And they were like, no, no, you're fine. You can still get pregnant. They just have to monitor you more. It's no big deal. But they diagnosed me right there with type 2, of course, because I was 38 years old. So they um, gave me a shot of insulin in the arm, told me to take the metformin that they were going to prescribe to me and um, come back in a couple days for lab work. Well, you should have known not to believe them because 20 minutes earlier, they told you you had a UTI. So you should have been like, you might not know what you're talking about. Right? I know. At the time, I was just like, okay, whatever you say. And seriously, you know what, too? What a whirlwind, honestly, because you're struggling for months. I, I, to me, the, one of the saddest little things that we kind of blow right over is, you know, filling purposefully two cups of water to go to bed every night when you know, like, this isn't right. I've never done this in my life. And you're walking, you know, to your bedroom with these water, wondering what's going on. So you struggle all that time. You finally say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor. You wander in, you're uncertain, probably worried about what's going to happen. And the first thing you do is you see somebody who looks at you and goes, oh my God, you look terrific. And you're like, oh, I do look terrific. This is amazing. You, you, you know, like I am killing it. And and then you, <laughs> I just have a UTI. I'm going to take a pill once a day for seven days. I'm going to feel better and I'm going to be thin. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is amazing. <laughs> and then five seconds later, someone's yelling diabetes at you and type two. They're getting your diagnosis wrong. And that all happens, what, in 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it, it is. It's it, it really is like somebody just grabbing you by the head and shaking you. It's horrible. Um, now, so do you come back in a week having, by the way, I guess after the metformin, you lost a little more weight, huh? Um, I think I know what happened after that is of course I'm, I'm like, um, Google queen and, and I, I do a lot of research when I need to know something. I just research and research like a crazy person. And so immediately I went home, I found the, um, ADA forums. And I jumped on there and I'm so glad I did because those people are, they, the, the people at that time were super knowledgeable about like what you should eat in order to, to kind of manage type two, which mm-hmm. of course I thought I still had, um, you know, cause at the doctor, they gave me the crappy diet, you know, plan, which was toast and, um, fruit and orange juice for breakfast. Um, every which, day for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this isn't this this can't be good. So those people were like, you know, you've got to test your blood sugar every time, you know, two hours after you eat, they were like super competent with more so than any of the information I got from the doctor's office. So, um, so it was after a while though, that I went to, um, I took the metformin for a while and I think they gave me something called Actos plus something met. Oh, that's what it was. It was, that's what they gave me, Actos plus Met, which then I, re- I Googled and researched that. And that, like, 
holds on to your fat cells. Like, I don't want to take something that holds on to your fat cells Shelby. or inflames your fat cells or whatever it does. Shelby, let me cut you off for a second. Um, your voice is so, breaking up. Your voice is breaking okay, up. Okay, so we're sure. Yeah, we have a poor connection. Can you hear me? Are you on Wi-Fi? All right. Yes. All right, hold on one second. Because Can you hear me now? It, I, still, okay. I still have the poor connection. All right, so do I. You're you're broken up too. Okay, I'm gonna disconnect and what call you back. I do? I'm gonna disconnect and call you right back. Okay. You know where else you'll never find a connection? Ah, between your Omnipod and some controller, because the Omnipod is tubeless. It's not connected to anything. You guys really got to give me some credit for being able to tie in what's happening in the podcast. These ads, I mean, it's not easy. Anyway, you know what is easy? Watch this. Wearing an Omnipod tubeless insulin pump because it doesn't have any tubes. Think about what that really means. So every other pump on the market has an infusion set, right? And that goes into your body. And then that's connected by plastic tubing that runs all through your clothing in every which way to the controller where the insulin is stored and where you make all the decisions. You push the buttons. But Omnipod doesn't have any of that. Omnipod is this small, self-contained device that speaks wirelessly to its controller. So there's no tubes, no tethering, not stuck to anything. Now this may be hard for some of you to ex now this may be hard for some of you to picture in your mind's eye. I get that mainly because of my poor description, but luckily for you, you don't need my description to understand the Omnipod better because Omnipod would be thrilled to send you an absolutely free no obligation demo of the pod directly to you, right to your house, wherever you are, wherever you receive the mailings, you could get it right there. Just go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box, fill out the tiniest bit of information about yourself and Omnipod will get you the demo right to your door ASAP. And don't worry if you can't remember the link, it's at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in your podcast player show notes myomnipod.com forward slash juice box get your free no obligation pod experience kit sent to you right now today last thing don't forget that dancingfordiabetes.com is now touchedbytype1.org check out touchedbytype1.org they gave you a medication called actos plus met and it was um something that works alongside metformin i guess to lower your your glucose levels. Okay. But when I researched it, it, there was some part of the way it works is to like increase your fat cells or blow up your fat cells or do something. And I thought, I don't want to be on this. Not for you. Yeah. <laughs> so but I just it, got it thin. Was, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't, I don't need any more fat cells. Um, but they, you know, the doctor, they did, they scheduled me for the lab work. My A1C came back. It was like 9.9, .9, I think. Um, and then they scheduled me for an appointment at the dietitian and the certified um, diabetes educator. Um, and they were great. Um, in fact, it was the certified diabetes educator that after a month of me being very meticulous, logging every food I ate and every um, form of exercise I did and every blood sugar I checked, she looked at my, my information and said, you, you may want to get checked for type 1. You are not presenting as a type 2. You should not be spiking to 300 after you eat a rice cake. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did some research. I I looked into the, the latent autoimmune diabetes, yep. um, which, you know, there's no like medical code for that. So they either call you type one or type two. Like my endocrinologist doesn't even recognize that as a, as a thing. He's just like, nope, you're type one. But I do think it was more of the latent autoimmune right. just because of some of the other stuff. But um, yeah, so I, I, have, I have a friend that's a doctor and I said, hey, this is what I think is going on. And she said, come into the office tomorrow. We'll do blood work and see. So they ran the, um, the GAD 64, the antibody test and the C peptide. 
And after about a week, she called me at home and said, look, I just want to tell you that your antibodies came back and it looks like you have type one. She said, I'm going to refer you to the endocrinologist. How did you feel at that point? Was there a relief for an answer? Oh, absolutely. I was so relieved because I was struggling with my blood sugar and I couldn't figure out why that anytime I ate a single gram of carbohydrates, I was shooting through the roof. And so I was, yeah, it was a huge relief. And I guess, um, so they scheduled me with an appointment with the endocrinologist and sent my files over there. And it was like a week away, you know, because I don't think regular medical professionals understand type one very well. And um, the endocrinologist called me. It was a Friday. He said, can you come in today at 430? I know they were getting ready to close. And he, he got me in that day and put me on insulin. Somebody understood finally, and you were you were finally talking to somebody who had a plan and an idea. That's excellent. And they're, yeah, and and you're happy. Eleven years later, are you still with them? Yeah, I am. He's um he's a funny guy. He he listens to me. He like I'm very um proactive with my own care, and I I kind of have a reputation for telling doctors what we're gonna do mm-hmm. instead of asking them what we're gonna do. I and like so that. um, I mean, he's always he always listens. He always does whatever I want to do. So I like him pretty well. (laughs) So now without giving away too much, I guess here to people about your location, I guess you're seen at the hospital where my daughter was diagnosed while we were on vacation. I'm thinking that's where my daughter is. That's where your daughter was. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. And her story is a whole completely separate, crazy story too. But my endocrinologist is actually local Okay. and um, we're about an hour an hour and a half from that hospital. And we live in a really, really pretty rural, small town. So we're lucky that we even have an endocrinologist in town. Yeah, I see. Oh, so, okay. So you're lucky to have your own endo close by and you don't have too bad of a ride to get to what I understand is a very good uh, diabetes center at a children's hospital. Yeah. Right. I I was told back then that we were lucky to have been diagnosed there. Um, Yep. Is Dr. Satin Smith still there? Do you know? She is. That is not who we see, but I do. Um, we go to a diabetes, or we went to a diabetes camp, family camp last year, and she was one of the endocrinologists there. And I'm, we're going this coming weekend. I'm sure she'll be there as well. Well, you tell her I said hello, please. That poor woman took a phone call from me the first night we took Arden home from the doctor. I'm from the hospital. I must have called her at 4:30 in the morning to say, <laughs> "Is it okay if I give her this insulin?" And I have to tell you, I mean, none of you know me personally, but for me to call you in the middle of the night was a, I sat there, it was, it was turmoil for me, like deciding, do you call a person at this time of the, of the night and wake them up? And I couldn't bring myself to give her the insulin. I couldn't bring myself to ignore that. I thought she needed the insulin and I had no idea how to make the decision on my own. And it was the first night we were out of the hospital. Uh, so she was very sweet because she did not call me names or yell at me when I called her at her home. Um, uh, she was, she was really great, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things about her. She's a, she's a well-respected endocrinologist in that practice. Yeah. Okay. So, you're going along pretty well, I'm assuming. Let me get a feeling for what you do to manage. Are you pumping? Give a glucose monitor. How do you handle it? Um, I right now I've been pumping since about um, since really three months after I was diagnosed with type one. Okay. At first, I was like, oh, I don't want to pump. That's weird, like to have a thing attached to me. But um, the more I, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, that's actually pretty cool that you can. You know, the, it does all the math for you. I don't have to worry about counting how many units for per carb and all this. You know, I'm not very good at math. So so that really was what appealed to me, I guess, at first. So I started with the Omnipod. It was pretty new at the time. Long time. Um, yeah, that's about when Arden started with it, actually. About 11 yeah. years ago. Yeah. I did that for about five years. And then... Um, I was on the T-Slim for another five years, and now I'm using the uh, 670G. I was going to say, now you're on Medtronic because there's only three insulin pump companies left. <laughs> I know. I had to try them all out. <laughs> there just wasn't any other option unless you were like, and I went overseas and got this. <laughs> <laughs> Dana R, whatever, yeah. 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 So, you're do- so you're using the, um, the, the their closed loop. Do you find it working for you? Yes. I um I, I love it. And Excellent. Caroline's been on it since she was 
newly diagnosed and I just transitioned to it um, back in January. So it's been great for me. So you got to see her on it so you could decide before you got to see somebody use it in your home and then decide if you wanted to use it. Exactly. And I was, I was basically an expert by the time I got mine. So I was like, I don't need training. Thanks. I'm good. We, we, I know how to do this and uh, just give me the box. So I'm going <laughs> yep. to work backwards with your daughter's diagnosis because we're going to just trust me for a second, I guess. Uh, All right. So, so how long ago was your daughter diagnosed? She was diagnosed um, Thanksgiving day, 2017. Okay. Wow. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, yep. which, and, uh, and guess what? We were on vacation <laughs> at the beach. No. It just happens like that. Yeah. You, you, you see, may I just sidestep for a second? I try to talk my family into going away on the big holidays all the time. Like, imagine how much fun it would be to be on a beach on Christmas or something. I always say stuff like that. And everyone stares back at me blankly. I'm like, no, trust me. No one's, it's never going to happen in my lifetime. But I, I applaud your going away for, for Thanksgiving. I like that a lot. Yeah, we went away for Christmas this past Christmas. We were we were in the mountains. Oh, see, no one listens to me. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, Shelby. So you're away, you're on vacation where everyone gets diagnosed and uh, <laughs> and 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 she's diagnosed so but so you're I guess at you're you're near the children's hospital that, that we talk about. And no. We are actually we are actually about an hour and a half south of that children's hospital, about the same distance away from where my home is, but still away. So we weren't, you were maybe around the Outer Banks or something like that, if I'm guessing? We certainly were, there yes. You go. Okay. And Okay, so she, you figure it out on vacation. Do you bail on the vacation and go to, the, go to a hospital? How do you handle it? Or do you just start giving her your insulin? The Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor features a slim water-resistant sensor that is discreet and easy to insert. The sensor accurately measures glucose levels just beneath the surface of the skin and sends data wirelessly every five minutes to your compatible smart device or right to your Dexcom receiver. The Dexcom G6 also has customizable alerts and alarms. So say you'd like to know when your blood sugar gets to 140. You can set that up. For us, we have Arden set at 120. So it's customizable, like you could be different than me. Isn't that nice? Now here's the big deal about the G6 in my opinion. Zero finger sticks. The Dexcom G6 is FDA permitted to make diabetes treatment decisions without confirmation from a finger stick or a calibration. That's pretty darn exciting. So let's really wrap our heads around what we're talking about right now. A device that is small and discreet and waterproof that tells you the direction and speed that your blood sugar is moving in. This information can be shared with up to 10 followers. So you could be following your child as well as their school nurse and, I don't know, their dad and the seven dwarves. Maybe not dopey, so you'd have an extra one. But really, if you don't know what the Dexcom G6 is, it is really something you should try to find out more about. I hope I've got you interested. Head to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box and take a real hard look. You were talking about being able to see your blood sugar in real time and make decisions to stop high blood sugars and treat lows before they ever happen. Every decision we make about Arden's care begins with the Dexcom G6. Uh, well, I could have, but here's, here's what happened. This is the crazy story. So she wasn't really, she wasn't sick. She wasn't, she wasn't really symptomatic. Um, there was a couple look in hindsight, looking back the couple of weeks prior to diagnosis. Um, I remember she told me one time her legs felt shaky. 
And so I checked her blood sugar because it's not unusual for me to check my kid's blood sugar. I've been doing it ever since I've been diagnosed. Anytime they ask for more than one glass of water, I'm like, let me check your blood sugar. Absolutely. Here's your water. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she told me her legs were shaky and I checked her blood sugar and it was pretty low. It was like, I can't remember, maybe low 60s. -hmm maybe upper fifties. It was low. It was lower than I had seen on any of my kids and, um, throughout the years. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And she feels low. Hmm. Well, that's weird. And I remember telling my husband and he's like, well, what do you think we should do? I'm like, uh, I guess we'll just keep an eye on it. And I remember saying, I feel like if she wets the bed, then that will be the sign I need to check her blood sugar and be concerned. And buy a mattress. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, and this is the crazy part, this is like how your brain really goes into denial. It wasn't maybe three nights later, I woke her up one morning and her bed was soaking wet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, you wet the bed. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? And she's not a bed wetter. But then I thought she's seven seven-year-olds sometimes drink too much in the middle of the night and sleep really hard and don't get up. I just, you know, I explained it away, even though I had said that will be the sign I need. And even my husband said, did you check her blood sugar? And I said, no, she's not really super thirsty. She's not like peeing a lot. I just, I just ignored it. And then do you have any insight into that moment now looking back? Did you just not want her to have diabetes or I think I didn't want to know. I mean, I really think I knew deep down that something was going on and I just didn't, I wasn't ready to know it yet. Oh, I can understand that. Yeah. yeah I think so yeah. And, and I thought there's nothing else going on. Like she doesn't look sick. She hasn't lost weight. She's, you know, she's fine. But, um, so when we were at the beach, we were, it was the night before Thanksgiving and she was, had had dinner and dessert and she was, I don't remember, she was playing the iPad or something. We were watching TV and, um, we'd had a couple glasses of wine and I was checking my blood sugar because my husband and I eat late and we were getting ready to eat our dinner. And Caroline came over and said, Hey, can you check my blood sugar? And I'm like, Sure. Uh-huh. You know, this yeah. is not, this is something we do. Like, it's not a big deal. Plus mommy has just enough wine in her not to be worried about you having <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> exactly. And so I checked her blood sugar and it was like 325. Uh, that sobered you right up, I bet. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, had just enough wine to not panic. I said, hey, go wash your hands for me. And so she goes and washes her hands and I check it again. And it's like 295. And I'm like, go wash your hands with a different soap. <laughs> Can you scrub all the sugar off your hands, please, and get back here? <laughs> I, need, I need you to get on, uh, at least 180 more points <laughs> off your hands. <laughs> and so she does that. And so I check it again and it's still in the upper 200s. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. And I've just got this fake smile plastered on my face because I don't want her to freak out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, go on to bed now. You're fine. So I'm, you know, my husband and I are talking. We're in the Outer Banks. The hospital care there is not stellar. And I'm, he's like, should we take her to the emergency room? I'm like, well, number one, we've been drinking wine. We don't really need to be driving. Right. Number two, if we take her to the Outer Banks hospital, they're not going to know what to do with her. They're going to they're going to send us right to CHKD. Oops, I just gave away where we were, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, it's not super dangerously high that she's that I'm worried about her. She's not vomiting. She's not, you know, she's not showing signs that she's going into DKA. I said, I, I think we should just get up first thing in the morning and go. And so that's what we did. We, we went to, I checked her again before bed. She was down, you know, she was coming down on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we got up in the morning and drove her straight to the hospital and they, they were funny, you know, it's Thanksgiving day. So they didn't have anyone there. The, the, the endocrinologist was a phone consult, but they did blood work. Um, her A1C was only like 6.5, I think. 
and um, she did not have any ketones. There was no signs of DKA, and we just caught it super early, yeah. super, super early. They didn't send us with any insulin. They, they sent us with a, a meter and some strips and said, um, check her blood sugar, keep her low carb, and come back Monday after the holidays. They Actually, they did offer to admit her to the hospital. I'm like, nah, I don't think we need that. Yeah. Let's just, we're going to go finish our vacation and have our last weekend without being you know, having diabetes and yeah. Well, you probably went into that hospital and said the same thing we did at that front desk. Um, she's like, why are you here? And we said, our daughter has diabetes and they said, and what's going on? I'm like, Oh no, no, you don't understand. We're diagnosing her. My daughter has diabetes (laughs) and now we need your help. Uh, and, um, and they were just like, how do you know? And of course you're like, well, we tested her blood sugar and the internet and they laughed because it was, you know, so long ago, the internet was, you know, now you're like, I figured things out on the internet and people are like, that makes sense. And back then you were a crazy person if you, you know, figured out something medical on the internet. So, okay. So how, so Caroline's, she's 2017, November, it's about a year and a half ago. It's not too much more than that, I guess. I'm assuming you've got her on a pump right away. Okay. Well, about three weeks in with, um, at the time she was diagnosed, I had taken a pump break. So I was on MDI mm-hmm. for like a year. Um, had put my T-Slim in the closet. I was just doing shots because I was kind of over it and I just didn't feel like worrying about. I mean, I was really kind of in a in a burnout mode myself. Yeah. <laughs> so she was diagnosed. It's basically, as soon as she was diagnosed, I pulled out my pump and started pumping again because I was like, she needs to see how much easier this is with a pump. Um, and three weeks later, I remember trying to correct her in the night, um, a high blood sugar in the night with a pen. And she was like rolling away from me and struggling. And I was like, this is the pits. Yeah. She needs to get on a pump. And I called the endocrinologist the next day and said, she needs to get on a pump. We don't want to do a saline trial. I don't want to talk to any pump reps. I know what I want. And you just need to write the prescription. And she's like, all righty, I'll do it. Now, I really want everyone to listen to what Shelby just said, because so many of you write me and say, my doctor says that we just have to wait. Or the ones that make me the most mental, by the way, are when you guys get the pump mailed to your house and you wait a month to go to the class. I mean, I know you're supposed to, but... If you know what you're doing, you know what you're doing. And, exactly. And, right, there's there's no reason. When you know what you're doing, there's no reason. If you don't know what you're doing, then get good direction, obviously. But I know you imagine you're going to go to some pump training class and some magical deity of diabetes is going to come down from up high and explain it all to you. But it really is just a person who comes in the room and goes, all right, here's what I've been told to tell you about this insulin pump. So you know, you can do it. Yeah. And Shelby just told you, she just told her doctor, this is what we're doing. And the doctor was like, all right, like, don't hurt me. And then that was, yeah. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. And so, yeah, the pump came. Um, we actually had a follow-up appointment like a week later, just because it was six weeks after her diagnosis. And so I'm like, we'll just do the training there. And they were so accommodating. I mean, they, they are, they have been wonderful in accommodating us whenever whenever we need it. Yep. Getting, getting a good practice or a good hospital is, uh, is, is lucky and, and exciting actually, because the people who get the bad ones have terrible stories. So exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, two questions I have that are kind of disjointed, but you've said stuff that I, I, I let you, you're doing such a good job. I don't want to stop you when you're talking, but you are alluding to more children. How many kids do you have exactly? How many times have you gone through that horrible process? Oh, just one. I mean, just once. Oh, Caroline was the only. Uh, no, no, no. I've how many been kids do you process. have totally? I have three kids total. Okay. The first two were not a process. They oh, I, were meant like, the, I meant the having the babies part when you made them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> three times. <laughs> okay. So you've put up with that three times and now you have three. What are their ages? It just I was wondering. I have a um, just turned 18 year old mm-hmm. who's headed to college in the fall. Congratulations. Um, my daughter, my oldest. Uh, and then I have a son who is 16 mm-hmm. and then Caroline is nine. Nine. Wow. That's a, that's a nice, uh, they're well spread out. You'll be able to afford to send them all to school. Right? Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, that's a whole nother story is the whole college <laughs> expense thing. 
that was eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, oh, please. I'm <laughs> dizzy standing here talking to you right now, thinking about the payment starting up again. Uh, anyway. So, okay, so three kids spread out pretty well. And you, the other thing that I have to ask is you said you were teaching, but that you're bad at math. You weren't teaching math, right? No. Actually, though, when I taught math, I was really good at teaching it because I was kind of learning it along with the kids. So then it started making sense to me so I could explain it like really well because it, all of a sudden it was like, oh, now I get that. Just, and then I could explain it really well. You just said something that is so disconcerting to people who don't know <laughs> teachers and have children. They're like, wait, they learn it while they're teaching it to the kids? <laughs> Absolutely. Like so much of the time, I'm learning it right along with them. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, those of you who, again, who are sending your kids off to school thinking, oh, there's a grand deity that comes down from up high. And it, none of this works. We're all just people. So... um, Gotcha. That's hilarious. So how did, your, how, did your, how did your daughter handle being diagnosed? And do your other children seem wary that it's going to happen to them? Um, okay. So Caroline, it was kind of weird. Like her diagnosis, they never, ever said she had diabetes until our follow-up visit that Monday. Like they were just calling it hypoglycemia. I think because we didn't want to be admitted to the hospital and if they had called it diabetes and then they hadn't admitted us, maybe it would have looked like suspect. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Hold on one second. Somebody's calling me, which is not, not handy, but it's something ready. This is crazy, yep. but we're going to call them back. So okay. my dogs, this is embarrassing. Hold on a second. My dogs <laughs> are in a kennel. Today, I'm picking them up after I'm done talking to you. And I just want to check to make sure they're okay. So I'm just going to take my headphone away from my ear for a second. All right. And hold on. Call them back. We should put it on speaker. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hi, how are you? Hey, so listen, I'm recording my podcast right now, so you're going to be live, or you're going to be on the recording when this happens. I just wanted to make sure they were okay. You're just telling me what time to pick them up because of the grooming, right? Well, that was what I was calling about. I have written down Monday, but in the computer it says Wednesday, so is it today? Yes, we're picking them up today. Okay, we'll have them ready for 12, 12.30. You want me to be a little late? Just a little bit. Okay. Thank you Thank so much. You. Hey, everybody. Great Bye. kennel in New Jersey. Windy Hills kennel. There we go. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Well, that was weird. Okay. Well, good news. <laughs> I get a little extra time by myself. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Where were we when that happened? Um, gosh, I'm the last person you need to ask that. I can never remember what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, maybe I, how Caroline handled it. Oh, yes. yeah, I know now. So um, they never called it diabetes in the emergency room. Okay. They just said hypoglycemia and call us back Monday. And I knew, or, or I figured they were doing that because they didn't admit us. And it would look maybe unprofessional or... Um, oh, they know how to talk to the insurance company so they don't get in trouble and you don't get in trouble. Exactly. And, right, right, so right. I don't think they wanted to say, oh, she has type 1 diabetes, but we just let her go after a couple hours. Gotcha. So, um so when we, when we did the follow-up, so we didn't really explain it to Caroline. I guess I was kind of waiting to make sure for, for a hundred percent sure that this is what we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, we got to the appointment on Tuesday, we called Monday and they got us right in. Um, and the, you know, the nurse is checking her blood sugar and saying, so how's your diabetes going? And I'm like, ew, we don't call it that yet please don't <laughs> don't hey, scare my child in my mind you weren't going to be the one to tell her uh <laughs> but do you think i mean have you spoken to her since then did she know at that point or i mean she's only nine she's probably just along for the ride right i mean she she kind of knew mm -hmm. she she wasn't really sure what it all meant for her but that same day we were trained on how to do the pins, which I, I was like, I know how to do the pins, but train my husband because I don't feel like having to do that. Um, <laughs> Hold on. That's so funny. <laughs> I don't need you to help me with this, but here's a list of things I don't want to have to tell that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so really it was training for him um, and my daughter. So yeah, we, uh, we did that and that she was fine. I mean, she's been through her moments of, I hate diabetes because 
it's really only when we're doing like a, a sensor change and she doesn't like that mm-hmm. particular aspect of it. But other than that, she doesn't care. Like yeah. she just wears her pump around and says, how many carbs is this? How much should I put in my pump? And, you know, we You're just on go mind. on. Well, she's been watching you do it for a very long time too. So yeah, you know, you know. I, I, you know, I also think that children, especially in a certain age, they don't want to do anything that they don't want to do at a certain time. And I know, you know, switching your sensor out is obviously not as much fun as putting your clothes away or something like that. But, you know, in that moment, if you said to your daughter, look, go upstairs and put your laundry away, she'd be like, I don't want to do that. You you know, like it's, they don't want to do what they don't, I don't want to do what I don't want to do. So it's, it sucks. It, it, It does, but it sounds like she's going along really well. So now, um, I you guess, asked about my, my other yeah, kids. Yeah, I want to know about, do, do your other kids ever come up to you privately and are they like, hey, is this going to happen to me? Um, No, it's more like me saying that to them. Like, y'all need to watch out. <laughs> you might get it too. And I still check their blood sugar. So um, I had, here, here's something interesting. When I was, when Caroline was one, and that's as old as you can, that's the first time you can be checked with a trial net study. Okay. I um, signed them all up for trial net and had the blood draw, blood their blood drawn, yeah. and they all came back negative for antibodies. So she didn't have any at that time. Not at the time. And then once she was diagnosed, I called trial net back and said, "Hey, I want to I want to check my other two again." They sent me the kit um, to take to LabCorp, and it's just been sitting on my desk. I just am looking at it right now because it's a pain to go to LabCorp. It's up it's an hour and a half away from where we live and trying to take two kids that are on completely different schedules and get them all together to go to Virginia to get a blood draws. Right. It's pretty impossible. Is, so. your, is your daughter, ha, your daughter is starting college in the fall. Is that yes. the timeline? Right. Yeah. I, I pulled my son aside when he left last fall and I was like, look, I'm really sorry to have to say this to you. I know you're trying to leave and we're trying to be upbeat and everything. And I was like, when you, Probably you're never going to get diabetes, but here's a couple of things. If they happen to you, you absolutely cannot ignore them. And, you know, you need to tell us right away if, you know, and I went through the, you know, the, the signs and symptoms with them. And not that we hadn't talked about it prior, but I just all of a sudden felt this anxiety about him being somewhere else where he might just ignore it. And, exactly. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. So they're, they're aware, but the good thing is they, they are children. The older two are children from my first marriage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't I know. It's not the same. It's not the same stew that made yep. that made Caroline. I hear you. It, right. Yep, it might be yep. different. That's, mm-hmm. That's very the good thing. You were like the good. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and you, how many other times in your life have you thought that? Probably never, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, at least I at least I didn't make them with what's his names, you know. <laughs> Gene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was trying to figure out what I could say. There's so many times I remember that kids listen with their parents, and I'm like, I don't, just not even cursing. I don't even want to allude to things. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> obviously the other you know, the other guys got better stuff. So um, as, far, as far as that goes, or not, we, would even so know. we so we know. I mean, it, we assume we don't know. I was an adult when I was diagnosed, so exactly. Hey, so how about that in your um, in your bloodline? Any other type one or endo issues? Well, I am, I was adopted as an infant, so I have no medical. Gotcha. I'm adopted too, so I, that we're in the same boat. I was at a doctor's office the other day and he starts asking me a bunch of questions. I just put my hands up because I didn't want to like talk over him. And he looked at me and he's like, what? And I went, I'm adopted. You can skip over that whole part. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I kind of love that part because it like (laughs) takes a whole segment away from that appointment. Like, I don't know. I'm adopted. Yeah. And he just goes, oh, okay. And then they just skip (laughs) by it like nothing happened, which makes you think, well, how important was this part anyway? Because you don't seem concerned at all that you don't have the answers to these questions. Right. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, okay, so you guys are managing along. I, I'd like to, in the last kind of like 15 minutes here, talk a little bit about day-to-day stuff. So um, my first thought is, do, do you manage the same now personally that you did prior to Caroline's diagnosis? Or did her diagnosis make you turn you into, I want to be a role model situation? Like what situation did you find yourself in? Absolutely. Like I, it turned me into, I want to be a role model. And I want to... I want to start taking better care of my myself diabetes wise because I need her to see that that's important. So I definitely um, 
like I said, I put my pump back on. I started checking my blood sugar more regularly. And, um, but it's, it's hard because I'm so caught up in her diagnosis and her diabetes and wanted to make sure that she's like as perfectly taken care of as she can be that I do. I sometimes forget about myself, you know? Well, you can't leave her with that husband by himself, so you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to do better for yourself. But so, tell me a little bit if you don't mind, and I feel like you're pretty open. So, prior to, you know, prior to Caroline, let's let's go back a little bit in time. When when you when you're pumping T Slim, so now you're five years into your diabetes. What do you? No, I was ten years because I did Omnipod for five years before that. Oh, I meant when you, around when you started T Slim, you were about oh yeah, yeah. Right, you're about five, five years, years in, right? Yep. And so, what what are you back then calling like when do you, what what A one C do you hear at the end? I go, huh, that's good. And and you know, and how do you handle like insulin? Were you a pre or Like, how did you how did you live your life like sort of back then in the middle of your ten years? Um, let me think about that. I I I don't really remember. I think I was pretty, you know what? I was, I do remember. I was always very conscientious about checking my blood sugar and, um, and trying to keep it, you know, within range as much as possible. And I knew that, you know, I was not satisfied with an A1C above seven. And when it went above seven one time, I was horrified. And my endocrinologist was kind of shocked, I think, because it had never been that high. And he was like, do you need a lesson, another lesson on carb counting? Like, what is your problem? But um, I got myself back together and, and, and got it back down. So it's so interesting that carb counting is what popped up into their head. Like, you must have forgotten how to count carbs. (laughs) You're like, you really, you you don't have diabetes, do you, doctor? Uh, Okay. okay. So, so you under seven, you were, which by the way, under seven is terrific. And you're, you know, you're, you're happy there. Um, were you a pre-bolus, sir? Were you, were you a count that needed or how did you handle then? I mean, I was not, not really a pre-bolus, sir, because I just, I forget, like I'm terrible with, I still struggle with that. And that pre-bolusing is really good when you're on the Medtronic 670G and I still forget, like I'm good at pre-bolusing Caroline, but I always forget to pre-bolus myself. So I'm not so good at that. Um, I just, I've always never been afraid of insulin. So taking too much insulin does not freak me out. Okay. So you've been aggressive. Most of the yeah. most of your time, and and that translated to Caroline when you started with her, or did that? Did you get scared then? At first, I was a little scared, and now I'm, you know. Then I actually started listening to your podcast, and it, you know, kind of calmed my fears. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. She has to have a juice box because I gave her a little too much insulin. It, and typically that doesn't happen. Typically, giving a little more insulin is what keeps her in range. I yeah, I find that it's usually more than you think almost every time. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, um, and I, you have to, you get caught in such a loop when you under, when you underestimate, you know, uh. you know and, and that loop could go on for hours that could roll into days, that rolls into weeks, it rolls into months and years where you're just always, and just, you know, think about it going back with a little kid, you know, nine years old, another half, another three quarters, another unit could have made, you know, all the difference in the world. And for adults too, I know it's you know it's tougher for adults. I, I hear them talking when it's like you know you want me to be more aggressive. It's a lot more insulin. It's not a unit or two. Uh, you know I, I'm a 200 pound human being. It's it's 30 more units. You know or something like that. But still, I think I think being more aggressive is the way to to get your answers about what you need and what you don't need. And and not overcorrecting a low. I you know that is the worst. I see on these. Facebook groups that I'm members of and the people are posting their Dexcom roller coasters and they're like 400 and then 40 and then 400 and then 40. I'm like, stop correcting with, you know, 500 grams of carbs. Yeah, a, a brisket and potatoes. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Try four gummy bears. Try four gummy bears. See what happens. Why does it have to be the whole package of gummy bears? You, you, you know, like, and I get that they get hungry in that, you, you know, when you're getting low, but, but to your point again, like how many times does that have to happen to you before you say, all right, I ate all the gummy bears. Maybe next time I'll try eating half of them and see what happens. And some people will tell you it's fear. Um, 
But I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder when people share those graphs, right? Like, I think there are some people who share them who are really genuinely like, look, I don't know how to stop this. One of you needs to, I need a, I need a stranger on the internet to help me, please. And I get that, right? And there are some mm-hmm. people I think that just sort of enjoy the drama of it. I so agree. I think that is a huge part of it. And then they follow up with, I just hate this disease. And I'm just like, it's just not like, just not helpful. Not helpful. No. Yeah. Let's do something helpful. That's what I'm about. Seriously. That's whole podcast is about, I'm like, let's just do something positive and, and try to get to a better situation. Like let's stop looking at the same thing over and over again and just yelling, Oh, well that's just diabetes. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and there is, you know, so, so you have been aggressive and she's doing well. How are, do you, would you share Caroline's A1C like her latest one? How's she doing? Yeah, she, um, she was 6.3 at her last, um, visit. Well, let's see, she was 6.5 when she was diagnosed. And I think she went up to like seven, mm-hmm. you know, when we we're still kind of honeymooning and yeah, figuring it out. And then she came back down to 6.7 when she got, when she first got on the pump and I was really excited. Um, then she was 6.2 and then she was 6.3. So that's statistically not that, that different, but but, you know, what's crazy is that there is this like PA or nurse practitioner or somebody that works for that, um, hospital that we go to. Mm -hmm. And she had the nerve when we went to see her one time to tell us that 6.7 was too low, that they like to see him more around 7.5. And I said, I am not going to run her higher just to satisfy your arbitrary like requirement of A1C. That is crazy. Yeah. Thank you for, for seeing what the ADA said 10 years ago and trying to hit that number for my daughter. I don't that, – that, that number is set out when they're trying to – they're trying to help people who have much higher A1Cs say to them, look, hey, wouldn't 7.5 be way better? In what world does it make sense to pull you or, by the way, anyone else aside? And your story of that is echoed so many times in my inbox. People who go in, they're like, look, we did it. We figured it out. No crazy variability, no no, no lows, no highs, and, and we've got a 6.5, and then they get yelled at. It, it, it's crazy. It, yeah, yep. It's another, it's just another example of them not understanding. That's all. But, you know, the recommendation says lower than 7.5. It doesn't say keep them right at 7.5 for optimal results. Absolutely. It's not a target. You're not like shooting for it. So you have a, I hear a dog and it sounds like somebody's trying to get to you. Do you have something to do? Do you have to go? No, my son was coming in the door. So I ran upstairs because I can... (laughs) Do that since I'm on the phone. That's excellent. That's so cool. <laughs> I just thought, oh, maybe like she's got to do something and I, I don't want to hold her up. So you go in with your 6.5. Now, how did you respond to that? Like face to face? Or did you just ignore them and leave? I literally said that to her. Oh, I okay. said, I am not going to run her higher to meet your arbitrary requirement. And how was that? Now, so this is the important part. How does What's the response back from your assertion? I said, she, I said, it's not her A1C is low because she has lots of lows. I know that was her assumption sure. is that the run, you know, running them low or having so many lows is going to lower your average. I said, she is in range most of the time. Yeah. And so she goes, oh, oh, let me look again. And she looked at her actual pump reports and then said, well, you're right. She doesn't, she isn't having that many low, but she's lows, but she's still having some. I said, yeah, she has diabetes, you idiot. We use insulin made by like a, like a person. It, it's not perfect. Um, yeah, well, well it's got to be frustrating. It, it real, I'm in a different situation at our endo where I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of pushback. So I, I, not too many infuriating things get said to me over the years. Well, and her regular endocrinologist would have never said that. In fact, when I went to her, you know, and she saw a 6.2. She's like, this is great. You're doing, you know, she's yeah. doing great, blah, blah, blah. So it's just this one NP and we have to see her next time. And I'm already like geared up to fight. <laughs> You're going to go in there with your gloves on already. <laughs> <laughs> Before you start, lady, listen, I'm going to tell you right now what you're going to find our A1C to be when you run that blood value. And then, uh, and it, why don't you just not even mention it? Because we're all happy over here. I mean, I, I think I might have to preface it. 
just keep her keep her in her spot. That's all. Just say you just get the prescription pad out so we can get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Don't ask me any questions. We've I, got this. I need stuff. I need stuff. Oh, that's so amazing. It really is. Does your how involved is your husband with care? Um, for you know, when I'm home, I typically just do it because I do all the stuff because it's easier. I, it's a second nature. I don't have to think about it. And he really has to think about it, but I, you know, I'm not always here and he just, he just does what he does. He's, he's learning. He's figuring it out. He used to call me a lot when, when I was, if I was gone, like how many carbs do I give her? You know? Um, but now he's pretty much got it. I don't, I did, um, had to go out of town to take my daughter to visit a college last weekend and it was sensor change and sight change weekend. Oh, um, he got the full, so, <laughs> he got the full show. So I did YouTube videos and posted them so he could watch the video to help him along. Uh, it's very good. That's a, It's a great idea. Just seeing it is, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, no matter which pump you're using, it's just, it's not that difficult, you, you, you know, so any, anyone could figure it out after a while. The, the trepidation is, is from that feeling like you don't want to mess it up mainly because it's, That's about exactly. to po- it's about to poke a hole in you and you don't want to do that more than once if you don't have to. And the second thing is, is that it's expensive and you don't want to, you don't want to ruin it, you know? So I, right. I, I definitely get that. All right. Well, this was really fantastic. Thank you very much. You were perfect for this show. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. No, no, you're real, you're I'm real so real. glad I suggested that I, that I come on. <laughs> Listen, if you think that everyone isn't doing this, that's how I get most people. Most people reach out and they're just like, I really think I could be valuable here. And I'm like, that's excellent. And because how would I find you? And you know, it, um, it really is great. There are some people I hear about and I reach to, but honestly, I'd rather have a conversation with you, Shelby, a person who doesn't have a voice in the diabetes community already, because you're going to tell your story in a really unique way. Uh, you have not been telling it to people for a hundred years, you know, at conferences or something like that, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I, I like, I like hearing a real conversation, not something that you knew you were going to say 20 minutes before you said it, you know, so I, I really appreciate this. Now, the one problem you have, I would imagine is steel magnolias. Right, because your name is uh-huh. Shelby, right? Because your name is Shelby, <laughs> and it's yep. right there. Your husband, because I'm thinking about it for myself. You get a little agitated, and I want to say drink your juice, Shelby, but I can't because at the end of the movie <laughs> they kill Shelby, right? So, like, if they just would have let Shelby live at the end of the movie, this would be a perfect joke for your husband to use for the rest of his life. But they, right, they didn't. Except so, for she died. Yeah, they ruined they ruined your husband's joke. By the way, they wrote that movie, and that's what I'm seeing. <laughs> Right here. Has he ever said it to you once? Never. Oh, never, ever, ever. Guy. I don't even know if he's seen that movie. I would yeah. probably, he'd probably freak out if he saw the movie. Yeah, and then yeah. the Shelby with type 1 diabetes dies at the end. And he'd be like, oh my God, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you think, do you think movies um, dictate how your husband thinks the world goes? <laughs> he's not worried <laughs> about possible. the Avengers not stopping Thanos, is he? <laughs> I don't know. He hasn't seen that either. <laughs> do you let him out of the house? <laughs> Sometimes. Or is he just working to pay for that college, I guess? So <laughs> oh, get out there and yeah. get the money, buddy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, let me say goodbye and and then take one second. I want to say goodbye to you personally. Okay, thanks. Thank you. I want to thank Shelby for coming on the show, talking about her type one diabetes, and for her willingness to tell us that her husband is not really allowed to make many decisions and how her ex has the good stuff. <laughs> One day, someone's going to get divorced from coming on this podcast. (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay, let's go slower. I'm ready. I want to thank the podcast sponsors, Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. Don't forget, Dancing for Diabetes is now at touchedbytype1.org. Same great place, slightly different URL. You can get yourself a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Or to get a free no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump sent directly to you, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Two things before I let you go. It's still pretty early in January 2020. But this month is on track to be the most downloaded in the history of the podcast. So huge thanks. 
I'm out there telling you all the time, please share the show with somebody else. I think you might actually be doing it. Thank you very much. Last thing, I just got a really great review from one of you, and I want to thank you directly for it. So whoever Ellie Mental is, please know that your review that you left on Apple Podcasts really just made me feel terrific. It really made me feel like what I'm trying to do is happening. I won't read the whole thing to you uh, because it would seem like I was just tooting my own horn, which I am not. I'm pointing out that she said, I'm assuming Ellie is a woman, that the podcast is challenging to the status quo. That was just heartwarming to me. There was other nice stuff in there too, but that part really made me feel good. So Elemental, you made my day. And I want to thank you for leaving the review. And thanks to all of you who have just left a ton of great reviews. I've seen a lot of new ones recently, and they all are very meaningful to me. Please don't think otherwise. That one just really just got me right there. I really enjoyed it. Okay, I will see you on Friday with a new show. Sound right? All right, it's a date.